Adventure Required, let's go camping. Welcome to Adventure Required, where Ty and Graham lead you on an epic journey of expedition planning, prepping, and executing. Join us every week-ish to learn about camping styles, setups, tricks and tips, gear reviews, and interviews with seasoned adventurers. We want to help you learn from our mistakes, successes, and show you what works for us to help make your adventure possible. We want to teach you that you don't need the shiniest rigs or the nicest equipment to have fun, only the willingness to explore. Hi, I'm Ty. And I'm Graham. Let's go camping. Welcome everybody to another episode of Adventure Acquired. Today is number three ass episode, Ask Someone Semi-Knowledgeable, and today I will be talking about solar, I guess. Solar, yo Ty, you're so smart. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I'm definitely something, all right. <laughs> yeah, so um, <clears throat> I guess for us, solar represents a way for us to like bring in some power because we have like devices we want to run. Like everybody has a fire fan, and if you don't, you should get one. <laughs> the amount of people that have a fire fan uh, is probably I think zero. It's just you, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And yeah, everybody that I mention it to goes, what's a fire fan? And if you don't oh. have one, you should get one. If you but... don't know what a fire <laughs> fan is, look it up. <laughs> They're the best thing ever. <laughs> right? Because like blowing on a fire is all. Ex- anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> so we have devices like cell phones, fire fans, cell boosters, heated blankets, furnaces, just <laughs> I don't know. This sounds like glamping the more I'm thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Everyone's going to be like, um, do you guys even camp or just stay at home? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We just talk about it. We never actually go. <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess for us, we need to be able, like, especially over a long duration of time, we need to be able to charge batteries because things like furnaces use a lot of power basically if it spins or heats or does both like uh it does both it's going to be or a space heater a lot of power yeah and especially if it runs 110 volt then you're like a triple whammy of i'm going to use all the power Mm -hmm. but um yeah so i guess when we're camping we have all these devices and you kind of run into a very quick conundrum with running like a diesel heater for 10 hours straight in the freezing cold. Um, you basically run into a whole bunch of power used on a battery. That's probably not brand new and in very cold weather or probably to a lesser extent, uh, the warm weather. So I guess Originally, we had looked at solar as like a potential option. So I guess this podcast is all about delving into should you do solar or is solar right for you? Pretty much because there's a lot of different ways that you can get that power source to recharge batteries, generator, solar, um, running on a treadmill or a bicycle. Hooked up oh, can to we the get battery. hamsters? So just a fleet of hamsters? hamsters. Yeah, fleet, <laughs> hamster fleet. Um, dogs running, they would all do the same thing. Right. Should do that. So put Dax on like a, a thing and like get him to turn in like a generator <laughs> as he like runs in circles. That would be awesome. 
I would I would pay to see that actually. So the first thing I guess we're going to talk about is alternating current versus direct current, AC versus DC. Uh, I assume Graham knows what that is, but uh, for anybody oh, no, who doesn't, no idea. Uh, DC is direct current, which means positive is always positive and negative is always negative. And you get that whenever you're dealing with a battery for the most part, or a solar panel, you get DC current or and DC voltage. But if you are in any sort of like industrial application, like say you're a power company and want to make power or transport power on power lines, then you want to do it using AC, which is basically done with a rotating piece of a rotating magnet around. What's AC stand for? Oh, sorry. Alternating current. And it's basically a, a magnet that's spinning around wires that are stationary and inducing inducing an alternating voltage in the wires. So I guess your positive is positive for half of a cycle and then it's negative for the other half of a cycle. Anyway, so we have two streams of appliances. AC appliances and DC appliances. And why this all matters is because we really want to define the mission of your soul, of your like whole power system in order to define what your solar needs are. Um, whenever we're dealing with coming from batteries, we want to, or we're dealing with a DC current source. And whenever we want to switch to 120 volt, like whatever you would plug into a wall normally, you're going to be paying like a t- 10 to 20% power like penalty on the conversion using an inverter. So if you had to run a heated blanket all night using a 110 heated blank 110 volt heated blanket versus using a 12 volt heated blanket, it's potentially 20% better for you to get like the DC 12 volt option versus going with a 120 volt option. If that makes sense. I'm with you. Sweet, sweet. So um, I guess two quick things. Uh, Ohm's law. I believe that is V equals I over R. I times R. I times R. I times R. Right. I figured out in my head, okay? You're so cute. <laughs> and then, so V is voltage, I is amperage, and R is resistance. Uh, we don't really need that much for this, but uh, we're going to be relying pretty heavily on the power law, which is almost the derivative of that, which is um, P equals, or so power, so in watts, equals current times amperage. And that gives us our power. And you'll see that going through, uh, whenever you're looking at stuff, you'll see it's like rated at 200 watts, or your blender's 600 watts, or your fancy bougie coffee maker's 1800 watts. Or like um, a blow dryer, 1,800 watts. <laughs> uh, I don't have any of those things when I'm camping. <laughs> True. <laughs> but 1,850 is roughly the max watts you're going to get out of any typical outlet at home. Um, so now that we know those, we're going to look at, the first thing you need to look at is like the mission. What do you want to power? And then from what do you want to power, you need to think of, 
how long am I going to power that for? Say like a diesel furnace, propane furnace, coffee maker, hot uh, water heater, not hot water heater. <laughs> um, had a kid. And then how long you're going to power those devices for? So like say Graham's running his diesel heater, he's going to be running 2.8 amps for 10 hours. So that's so yes. So then we we use the power law for starters there by 2.8 amps times 12 volts, 606 or 330 watts times that by 10 hours. That's 333 watts. He's going to consume running that heater over the course of a night. Right? You lost me when you started doing math. All right. You just looked all puzzled there, and I was like, <laughs> fuck. Too drunk to remember what I said two sentences ago. So, <laughs> speaking of which, drink break. <laughs> what would be a podcast about math without alcohol? We're not drinking and podcasting. What are you talking about? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> so, over the course of the night, you need 333 watt hours of power in order to fire fire your diesel run your diesel heater all night how am i going to get that much power <laughs> well that's where solar comes in ah. so if we use power the power law again we come back to 333 watt hours divided by 12 volts and that'll take you to 28 amp hours of power i believe that's right yeah it sounds realistic <laughs> probably should have double checked all your math I should have but anyway so you end up with an amperage number and the amp hours is your power usage like all other losses concerned the battery or whatever your power source is is going to need to produce that much energy regardless if it's cold or hot it's going to need at least that much so if we're talking about a, a vehicle battery Mm -hmm. that realistically what's in the amp hour rating for a regular 12 volt deep cycle battery that's going to be in anybody's car uh around 80 80 to 90 give or take yeah for so really you run volt. that run that one night two nights is would be pushing it you never want to reach three quarters of that amp hours right yeah so, so uh, you run it either so, for one or two so yeah so we'll get to that right now actually so oh, okay. what you're talking about there is um, depth of discharge, and that's where we run into like battery type restrictions. So mm -hmm. I guess we'll talk about battery types. I was going to talk about later, but it sounds like a good spot to talk about now. Uh, four sure. main types, three main types of batteries, or I guess two main types, uh, lithium batteries and lead acid batteries. Uh, lithium batteries can be broken down to like L uh, life, like a lithium iron phosphates and uh lipo batteries and then lead acid batteries and then those and for people be... that don't know lithium ion batteries or lipo batteries are going to be that newer style generation where there's no water on the inside whereas your yeah. conventional style batteries are the lead acid which have uh acid and water mixed in um across plates with generated less yeah can't talk generate electricity mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So basically what he's talking about there is the flooded type lead acid batteries are would be your most common type of deep cycle from Costco or Interstate or whatever. But they'd be the kind where you just 
put distilled water in and only for the love of God use distilled water. My golly. Even only. though any any lead acid battery that's in a vehicle nowadays in yeah. your camping rig, in your new Tacoma or any of those things, they're all going to be lead acid from the factory. Yeah, Those and are non-serviceable lead acids where you're not adding any water. So the main types of differences of lead acid batteries are the flooded, which is what we've been talking about where you're adding water, mm-hmm. and to the acid combination in between the electrical plates. Or um, AGM, which is an advanced glass mat in between the plates. And then mm-hmm. gel, which is basically instead of liquid or a glass mat in between the plates it's actually like a gel in between the plates conductive yeah conductive gel non-conductive gel sorry that's what i meant yes um agm and gels and there's like a bunch of different types but we could go on and on forever but anyway Mm -hmm. the main point is that uh, agm and gels their kind of claim to fame is that they don't uh off gas like a typical flooded lead acid will there's some caveats with that with uh, if you use flooded or lead acid or flooded or agms because agms would be better in your camper van but then if you're going to be hitting these things with a 3000 watt inverter uh, that would like you do they're going to die a little bit faster yeah like they're not designed to deal with that versus a regular Mm -hmm. flooded lead acid battery would be ready to deal with that but then you probably Mm -hmm. wouldn't want to put the oh sorry the off gas is toxic and explosive so you probably wouldn't (laughs) want to have a toxic explosive gas (laughs) in your trailer when you're venting right into the trailer yeah Yeah, Mm, just when you're asleep just when you wake up in the morning the solar hits your trailer and you can hear those batteries bubbling and the smell of sulfur what is that sulfur is that sulfur Hmm. so yeah lead (laughs) acid is like a typical old school battery the uh, a 12 volt version is going to be just under 100 amp hours for the most part. And, and so let's talk about DODs on those. A six volt version is uh, going to be about 225 amp hours, but obviously you need two of them to get to 12 volts. Mm. Um, Not very so, many six volt systems around anymore. Yeah. Uh, so. Which, but there's a whole other benefit to doing that as well. Two six volts over one twelve. Anyway, this go go on and on. Please, please just they can email have a whole us. episode just on batteries. Yeah. Yeah. Please just email us any battery or solar questions to uh, Ty, Ty at, at adventurerec.ca. <laughs> yeah. So lead acid batteries have a depth of discharge of fifty percent. Which means if you need to draw 26 amps out of this battery, or 28 amps, call it 30 for easy math, over the night, that you need to have at least 60 60 amps ready for you. Because if you ever look at like one of the service life charts of the battery, that as soon as you go past 50% depth of discharge before recharge, they the service life just crumbles. Um, but the advantage to lithium batteries is, uh, just side note on lithium batteries, lipos, you won't see very much with a lithium polymer and they're like a high current discharge, but they're not really good at being like long-term, uh, dispensers of energy. They're like, Oh, you want a hundred amps for four minutes. Here you go. 
mm-hmm. versus like a Battleborn, which is a LIPF or lithium iron phosphate. They're really good at long, slow durations. Like they're not going to give you the 100 or 200 amps that the, lit, that the lead acid battery will give you. But the death of the discharge is only uh, is 20, sorry, 80%. So if you need 60 or if you need 30 amp hours all night, you only potentially need 40. Mm-hmm. And math isn't right, but no, but you will. Yeah. You definitely, you need less as a charging recharging yeah. uh, in the morning kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So the kind of the, where people see it makes sense is you'd potentially only need one 100 amp hour battery where you might need two 200 amp hour lead acid batteries yeah so yep. but like the cost doesn't quite cross over yet but i'm sure as or uh, we've seen the battery cost go down yeah and same with whole, whole solar systems right yeah solar systems going down oh excuse me that was a big yawn yeah definitely got a little late for me so anyway mm. So now you've got this battery or you've got your furnace that's running all night. You need 60 amp hours, the minimum to keep that thing going to run at night. And you've got just say one regular 12 volt battery, which is say a hundred amp hours. So you've used 60 potential amp hours out of this thing, give or take. So you're at 40% charge roughly like 40% left. 60, 100, math probably works. Yeah, okay, yeah, I can, I can, we can, it'll, it'll work for the sake of this podcast. Like, yeah. like you've only used like 75%, but you only have 50, 50 total because of the depth of discharge problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, um, you don't run into that problem with lead acids, but with the, or with the lithium, sorry, but with the lead acids you do, so say you're basically in the position where after you've run the furnace and after you've charged some devices or used your blanket, you're definitely at that 50% depth of discharge number. So that's your battery as it sits. Your two options now are bring a second battery for night, (laughs) night two or recharge battery a. Yeah. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of differences in that as well. Like this could really go on and on, but for the most part, lithium batteries can only be charged so quickly. And that might be different now, but I think it's still a pretty good number. Like I think it's still 20 amps. I think lithium stuff is pretty, has come a long way. in when they first came out, when they first came out, it was all about, low amperage longer charge longer charge time but everything that i've seen is kind of still just kind of give her the yeah because like the jackeries and stuff like that they're like 15 hour recharge times i'm like dude i'm not running a generator 15 hours so anyway uh we'll just say for this instance we'll have a lead acid battery or you have a jackery will be our two scenarios jackery is like one of those solar generators which is don't even get me started on solar. Is it generator. a generator or is it just a power bank? Is it a battery? It's just, yeah, it's, it's a, a battery. battery. It's a li- it's a lithium battery that can be used <laughs> to charge things. Yeah. 
That's it. It's a boost pack, or it's a it's a battery pack. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, yeah. so um, I forgot where I was going. Anyway, recharge times. So now you've got this battery that's half empty, or in case of your jackery, it's now like fifty percent empty, and you got to be ready for the next day. So you have to charge that thing within X number of hours in order to get your, in order to have enough power to run your uh, furnace or all your other fun gadgets. Mm-hmm. So basically, what we run into is uh, this is where solar becomes attractive, is because it's quiet and uh, yeah, it's solar. So everybody's like, hmm, I got solar. Mm-hmm. What you got? Yeah, those exactly. damn generator it's people. It's the biggest. It's the big thing now. Yeah, exactly. So you basically you need to recharge, and then you run into a whole bunch of philosophies with this as well. But basically, if you have one twenty amp battery or two six or sorry one twenty volt battery, twelve volt battery, twelve volt battery, 12 volt battery. I don't think they have 20, 20 volt batteries. I'm thinking of panels now. <laughs> you got one twelve volt hundred amp hour battery two six volt batteries they both require like a minimum of 20 amps of charging current if you charge them any less than that you end up with sulfation and then you're basically just going to replace your batteries every two to three years like every other rv or does because they don't charge their batteries at the minimum recommended charging current this is important because as far as i know like as you discharge that battery, the that like the acid content of the electrolyte goes down, and then like those electrons get distributed on the plates, which make the power. And then as you recharge the battery, it takes the electrons off the plates and puts them back in the electrolyte, making it more acidic. But if you don't do that with enough gusto, it doesn't do it right. And it leaves electrons around the edges of the plate back on the plate. And then you get sulfation, hmm. which means that the, uh, your ba- as you get sulfation, you're reducing the size, the effective area of that plate and reducing the capacity it has to be a battery. If that makes sense. Makes sense. So it's, so it's yep. all about hitting when you're charging in the bulk stage, it's all about hitting that minimum current number, which is for the most part, for most people, 20 amps. Yeah. Um, the other, if you're thinking that you're on the less side of consumption, then you would kind of go with a hundred watt panel, which would be around 10 amps or like nine amps. Of like you, what's the word I'm looking for? mathematically it would be like nine amps but then in practicality it would be more like seven so if you take seven and then seven amps times that by 10 that's 70 amp hours but the which is roughly the right number but the likelihood of you getting 10 hours at 70 amp hours with a 100 amp panel is almost none just because the efficiency of the panel in the world is not that good. Mm. So then what, which panel do we need to be going after then? So say for just to make this all simpler, because it's a lot of numbers and everything as well. 
to make it simpler, if we have one 12 volt lead acid um, and running a diesel air heater, we determined was um, 30, 20, yeah, oh, 30 28 amp, amp hours. 30 amp hours, yeah. 30 amp say. hours. So if we're doing that and we say we have a lead acid battery that's new-ish and okay, what are we going to look at and what are we going to look for for a solar panel and a charge controller to make sure that we can run that heater consistently every night for two weeks? Fair. First thing I am going to do is turn off my furnace so that everybody can hear me. Second of all, that's what what you just said is the key point of solar is it works great as long as there's sun, but if there's no sun, then you run into problems. The If you're relying on this system as its system, the only system you have to recharge your batteries, go with the generator. But that being said, roughly every 20 amps of energy you need to produce to go into your batteries is a 300 watt panel which is roughly a 60 cell panel. Nowadays, it's a little better than that. It's like 350 watts for a 60 cell panel. But um, for roughly for every battery is one 60 cell panel, which is around 300 watts. And then that's about 20 amps. So for every 30 watts of panel, you, or 300 watts of panel you have, you need roughly 20 amps of charge controller. Uh, just a quick note, PWMs or MPPTs, PWMs are pulse width modulation, and they are, they're good, but they're far from great, especially if you're using a 24 volt system with them. Um, basically, they power in doesn't equal power out on an PWM controller but it does on an MPPT controller because it has the ability to change, like convert current and voltage and therefore giving you a more complete charge because it can give you like a semi-proper charging algorithm. I know we, if anyone's looking for a recommendation, probably not, but we use, or some of my friends and I run uh, the EP Ever AN series. No, there's AN, BNs, and then whatever series we run. But anyway, the EP Ever chargers for like a 40 amp controller, like 200 bucks on Amazon. At your door mm -hmm. the next day. Pretty reliable. but So pretty decent to at least do something. Yeah. So if you were to... I see lots of like 100 watt panels kicking around. Mm -hmm. And they're like, they're a really good option. If you're just looking for something to kind of just get you over the hump, like say you're only using 25% of your battery overnight and you just need a little bit more power to get you through the second night without hitting that 50% depth of discharge or a little bit over it, mm -hmm. right? You just need a little bit of power during the day and you're just sitting there drinking all day anyway. So you don't mind moving the panel and making sure it's pointed at the sun all day and keeping it clean. Would rather do that than listen to a generator plugging away behind you. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. So uh, that's where the 100-watt panels really come into effect or really come into their worth. That being said, though, is 
if you think about like the world as a whole, how many hundred watt panels do you think get sold versus do you think get sold of like a commercial size panel that's going to go on a roof? Like mm-hmm. a lot more roof panels than hundred watt panels for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah. the last time, but like, the trouble with the roof panels are that they're huge. Yeah. Not so, everybody's going to cart those around everywhere just to charge their batteries. Fair enough. So, I I do, but that's a whole other topic in itself. You're a special breed, though. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so, uh, just price point wise, up in Canada here, you're looking at a roughly two hundred and fifty dollars for a hundred watt panel. Is that right on Amazon? That's with a charge controller. With a charge controller. Yeah, those panels are just the panel themselves. I think when I checked the last time, it was like a hundred and fifty. Oh, so a hundred just the panel. It's about a hundred bucks for the charge controller. And if you look hard enough, you could probably find a hundred and fifty dollar panel that's like plus three hundred watts, give or take. So for like dollar yeah, per maybe. watt, you're like potentially three times as good. Yeah, you're better off with the higher but, wattage. But that being said, they're they're sixty by forty. They're not small at all. Mm-hmm. Um. With that in mind, there's two types of kind of commercial panels, the 60 cell and 72. Basically, the 72 cell is just a little taller. I believe it's 80 by 40 instead of 60 by 40, so 20 inches taller. Yeah, and that gives you, what, 50 watts more? Yeah, roughly. For 20 inch. Mm-hmm. And then as you're perusing, you might run into bifacial panels, which is basically... Typically, when you think of a solar panel, it's got a white background, right? So now you can get white backgrounds, black backgrounds. I'm, I'm sure you could get someone to make you pink backgrounds if you wanted to. <laughs> but then someone was like, well, oh, yeah. let's just make it clear. And they're like, hey, well, this actually works pretty good. So huh. if they don't put a backing on it and it's a clear backing, they call it a bifacial panel. And basically, you can Interesting. get uh, receive solar from the back side as well really good for like lakes and reflective surfaces oh yeah like I the guess, top of your there's, RV. No, there's no background so it's the rays that are missing the panels the first time are going to reflect back on whatever is behind that panel yeah and like even if you're thinking like well that wouldn't the panel make a shadow like yeah you'd be right but like hey it's better than nothing so even if it's yeah, a like 1% being, it's gain. not going to be exactly it's not going to be a huge gain like oh my god i'm getting double the the raise here no one percent two percent maybe yeah the figures i saw were like better than just ten percent at the best but that'd be like if you're holding the solar panel and there's a mirror behind you (laughs) (laughs) yeah the rays are going through it onto a mirror and directly back into the panel So then you also run into, uh, so these things are really cost effective and they have like a 25 year warranty. So yeah. So this is all the commercial panel stuff we're talking yes, about, right? Yeah. yeah so like, pr- like pretty cost effective and like if something ever happens, just have to have the room mm-hmm. yeah. versus if you go into like retail and they are coming out with like flexible panels at the 60 cell mm-hmm. size, but I'm sure they're gotta be expensive as all get up. There's a lot of those like overland companies and the expedition companies and stuff right now that are coming out with those flexible panels that fold up 
and then you can unfold them and put them, you know, all the guys that drape them on top of their uh, tents mm-hmm. or like lay them on top of their awnings or anything like that. Like, yeah, it works. But if that panel is a thousand dollars. Yeah. I, which I'm, it is. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> right? st- I'll stick with my hundred dollar. Uh, and you're only getting eight amps out of it. Yeah. That's the thing is right. that they're not At even best. good. Yeah. Like, it's like literally, the... that's those ones too that don't even have the charge controller or anything. They just have a fold out solar panel and two alligator clips. You just hook up to your battery. Well, yeah. So why? So like, sure. I bet that works. However, for a thousand dollars, however, yeah. you could also go buy a Renogy 60 amp DC to DC charger and run your car for 20 minutes and have 20 amps versus following the sun with that panel all day mm-hmm. like and we're talking yeah. like to get eight amps out of that panel that big flexible one you're like pitching it on an angle following that sun all day and anyway, you hope it's sunny out yeah so there's the flexible Moving panels mm-hmm. i've uh i used to sell solar panels which is interesting in itself but um, that's why that's why you're the <laughs> ass in this episode which is why some people are going to listen to him and be like, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. Probably. Anyway, um, so retail panels are like the sub-250 variety. They come in like any number of different shapes and sizes. And uh, this is probably what you're going to see at your RV dealer uh, for an ungodly amount of money. And just mm-hmm. because the uh, supply and demand, there's just not as many people want these panels, so they get to charge more for them. But uh, the two main Nobody types knows. are, again like a semi-flexible panel. Like, I don't really think they've perfected the flexible cell, but like they've kind of, like you could do like a 10, 10 degree, like curve, like a perfect curve. You see them on tra- like tractor trailer sleepers all the time. Mm-hmm. Like you can do a little bit of a curve, but it's definitely not like a noodle. You know what I mean? Like you're not, not fall- like soft, <laughs> flexible material that I yeah, should be able to roll this up and put in my backpack. Right. Yeah, it's just more or less stiff. Yeah. And then we had issues with these things cracking, and then they also aren't any good at dissipating heat because they're like guys will bolt them down to their trailers or their semi or their semi tractors, and then mm-hmm. um, they'll like lean on the cells or they'll get hit by a rock. But like guys will lean on the cells, and then the cells will actually you can hear them crack as mm-hmm. you're like leaning on them, installing them, and then that cracking is turning into a short circuit, which is in turn turning into them that not producing power and a hot spot. Mm-hmm. So you pull, we used to pull these things off and there'd be like burn marks on the top of buddy's trailer. And you're just like, well, and like his trailer's flat. Yeah. I was like, you really didn't really just want a regular panel. You had to go with the flat for like mm-hmm. triple the price. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so those are your like sub two hundred your sub two hundred watt panels and like those are the like you'll see those for Renogy and Jackery, Go Power, all those guys will have like a two hundred watt panel. But hmm. so stay um, away from those ones. Yeah, well it's all all depends on your mission, right? Like Yeah. But uh those hundred watt panels or the sub like two hundred watt panels will be a twelve volt panel. So they basically could more or less go right on to your battery 
but then still do a charge controller between the panels and their battery. A 60 cell panel will be like 24 volts. And I believe a 72 cell panel will be like 30, 32 volts uh, closed. So it's so like when it's running. Yeah. Yeah, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. For the most part, all panels will do around 10 amps, but the voltage just gets higher as you go fast further, or mm-hmm. as you go bigger. Hmm. Which isn't pretty, that higher voltage going to wreck my 12 volt battery that's under my hood? That's why you're running a charge controller, particularly an MPPT. Oh, because it will convert your power. It will convert the voltage without losing excess power. Yeah, if that makes sense. Because yeah. like with a PWM controller, you would select what your battery is, what you're connecting it to. You'd select yeah. if it's a 24 volt system or a six volt system or 12 volt system. True. Yeah. The um, the other thing on that note is like not all charge controllers are created the same between lithium and uh, lead acid. So just keep not an all eye are created at, equal. No. So don't buy. Make sure whatever they pretty much all will charge lead acid unless they specifically say they charge lithiums. But yeah. so just make sure to check that at some yeah. point, which brings me back to my, my main key point with battery systems in general is people will always love to tell you how many volts your battery's at literally doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> not even a lick unless that battery has been sitting there, not connected to a single thing for like 20 minutes then I care. Then it's a useful number. But you're like, oh, my batteries are... Oh, unless you're charging. Caveat. Unless you're charging, then we care as well. But if you're like, oh, my battery's at 11.5, literally doesn't mean a single thing to me. Oh, my battery's at 10 volts. Cool. Oh, my battery's at 9 volts. Cool. Was it full charge and you're hitting it with a 2,000 watt load? You know what I mean? Like... Yep. So if someone ever tells you their battery state of charge and voltage, then you need to really question your friends. <laughs> Which is interesting hmm. because that's how all travel trailers tell you your voltage, tell you your battery state of charge is with a voltage indicator. Like, you know, when you're on your little trailer in yeah. the back, you like gray water, black water battery, and it says like full or whatever. It's just a voltage yep. meter. Yeah. So same with any, any vehicle, all vehicles. That's all it is. is a voltmeter. Yeah. All exactly. it's, all it's doing like, is telling you if the, I know all it's a little doing different, is, but all that that's doing though, is telling you if the alternator is charging basically. That's mm-hmm. it. Normal vehicle batteries at 12.6 charging should be anywhere above 13 and a half if it's below that oh then you have a problem for sure for sure that's the thing right well it's running but that's the thing like the that charging voltage is what you want to see battery state of charge when there's nothing on it is yeah useless even in a car yeah because it really gives you no indication of how charged the battery is or whatnot no but um because like like one having one light on or like even the smallest parasitic draw on that battery will change the voltage and then therefore change how charged your battery 
mm-hmm. quote unquote looks. Yeah. <laughs> How the state of charge looks. <laughs> yeah. So um, if you really want to put your, uh, if you really want to like track how much power you're using and keep track of it and just know for the sake of knowing, then um, a battery monitor kit or like a BMK is by far the best way to spend your money. Mm-hmm. Like if you already have a generator, a BMK is by far the best way to know when to turn that generator off and how effective it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and e- so w- where it really comes into with a solar system is especially with when we're camping, like a lot of us have portable solar systems. So how much do I need to put the, A, do I need to put the solar system out? Yes or no. Do I need to track the sun with it or do I need to replace 10%? Or was it way colder than I needed to last night and I left a window open and I took out 50% of my battery keeping my trailer warm all night? Mm-hmm. That's where a BMK is Basically what it does is it counts all the current in and all the current out of the battery to keep track of how much you have stored. So it's not really like, it's not actually, it's not like, it doesn't actually know, it's just taking a very good guess at. Yeah. Uh, If you ever did want to know exactly, then you take your specific gravity reading, which is, can only be done in a lead acid battery. Which and is nobody why knows like how to do that or has those tools. Yeah, except for me. So, um, <laughs> and <yeah>. me, because <laughs> service truck, service truck life. So, where am I getting service with solar panels? Life. Solar is great for long-term autonomy, but you quickly run into your camping and don't have a lot of room, and you need a lot of room for solar. Yeah. A generator is much smaller than solar panels and a charge controller. And And then as you run into cost-wise, you quickly run up against the generator being the cost-effective solution and the the solution that always works. Because if it's cloudy, then your ability to regain charge is almost nil anyway. So... It's not almost nil. It's like fifty percent, but mm-hmm. or like twenty or thirty-three percent. So you run into that issue versus a generator. For the most part, will always start. So if you're gonna spend a thousand, if you had a thousand dollar, if you like had your furnace and in your tent, the battery bought, and you're like, okay, I want to go from one day to two days, and two days and beyond, and I had a thousand dollars to put in a power system, would I put in solar again? Probably not. But it's going to cost you around a thousand, probably around five hundred bucks to do solar, and around a thousand bucks to do the generator solution. But it all depends how much you can, how much you can do as a person. So how much you can take on, and how much you want to spend, and how much you want to spend. Because if you go to an RV shop and get them to put on six hundred watts on your roof, you're going to be spending dineros. mucho dineros. Mm-hmm. But if you can do it all yourself do solar and a generator because it's never a bad idea to have backup too. Yeah. Cause yeah, when you're out for two weeks and you know, half of that is cloudy and gross out or you're literally not moving for two weeks. Solar might not cut it depending on how cold it is and how many, how much shit you're running. 
So maybe you do need the, the Jenny every now and then just to top you off. Yeah. And that being said too, maybe you want to cook French toast, right? Uh, or not French toast, sorry. Um, like, wa- <laughs> uh, like waffles or like, to- I guess waffles. Oh, because oh, you're taking your waffle iron. Yeah. Because don't right. you have a waffle iron? Negative. No, I have a nah. fire in a pan. Get your life together. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> I don't even own a waffle iron in my house. Man, I take three fucking kettles. <laughs> I have a jet boil and a pot. <laughs> that's my that's my hot water. So yeah, so I guess the one thing we didn't really talk about yet is the inverter side of things. So if you have something oh, yeah. that's 12 volt DC and you want to run something that's 120 volt AC, you need a thing called an inverter. So basically, I want to plug my laptop into my this is a bad example but it's a bad example it's not ac yeah it is well it's it's a dc device but you're charging with ac get off my back (laughs) um we'll we'll get there in a sec say i want to run my hair dryer or my waffle iron perfect example (laughs) my waffle iron it doesn't spin but it heats and it uses a whack ton of current yeah so i need to run that on 120 volts ac so i now need an inverter yeah the inverter has a bunch of transistors in it and instead of they basically convert it to ac so they basically swap the polarity the plus and minus and then they run that swapped polarity through like a coil or a transformer and like make the amplitude bigger so that it's now 120 volts AC instead of 12 volts DC. So it's swip- swapping and then it's transformed in amplitude. And that's what you call a modified sine wave. Um, there's two, two now basic types. we're just types. getting crazy. There's two basic types. Modified sine wave, which is a square wave plus and a square wave minus. And Literally... You, you and I are probably the only two people that understand what we're talking about right now. But the reason, or so the other type is called the pure sine wave <laughs> inverter. Just ignore me. Just ignore me. <laughs> but there's keep a, moving on. technical, like if you ever <laughs> plug in a TV to a modified sine wave inverter, it'll make a humming noise. And that's because it's not expecting this square wave this like basically garbage signal if you will (laughs) like it's good for it's good for like ceramic heaters but it is not good to use like you probably could get away with it yeah like don't plug your brand new three thousand dollar macbook pro into a (laughs) modified sine wave inverter because it'll probably be fine but like i anyone who's listening i dare you to go find a modified sine wave inverter and a pure sine wave inverter and then like use a wall, but like feel how hot your power brick is using a modified mm. sine wave inverter versus yeah. a pure sine versus the wall. Like yeah. the wall will be the coldest. The, the pure sine wave will be like a little hotter than that. And the modified sine wave will be scalding hot yeah. and it will making a noise. <laughs> Pretty sure that's how I keep going through phones. <laughs> that's probably something to do with because that. Because I have, yeah, because they're 
the one inverter that I run in the truck in the front is a modified sine wave thousand watt. And uh, I accidentally realized that my phone cord it was plugged into the inverter, mm. not into the little like USB 12 volt power outlet or like cigarette letter outlet. Yeah. So keep every, for the last like couple of weeks, every time I go to like grab my phone, it's scalding hot. Oh, yeah. What the hell is going on? Just the oh, harmonics that... getting through the, uh, getting through the power brick for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of movement in there because it's going up and down like this. Mm-hmm. Like this. Like this. Ding, ding. Yeah. Ding, I was doing ding. that. I was just doing oh. it like this. Oh, oh, dig it, dig it, dig it, dig it, up, down. Uh, it was just sideways instead of like this. <laughs> and there you go. <laughs> I was just doing it like this. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Nobody who's listening can see what we're doing. So now no. that whole section is just. Maybe this YouTube thing will work. And then it'll all be great. Doing this. Great. We'll have to edit some of these parts out. Hopefully not. I think it adds Definitely. to the comedic value. <laughs> Me getting up and turning my furnace off. Well, like I was talking, coming... so... Yeah, so... but the the video shows me getting up and going to... Maybe we'll YouTube off. this next time. <laughs> I think next time. Next time. I'm a little bit better prepared. So, yeah. So, I guess recapping, the whole thing about solar is... Solar is really awesome. As long as you're... You have the mission set for what your solar panels are supposed to, what you want out of your solar panels set. And it can be realistic with that because two thirty, two three hundred watt panels. So 600 Watts is not 40 amps ever. Well, like maybe once in a while, but like in the dead of winter, solar panels also work better in the cold, but uh, in like the dead of winter, maybe it'll be like, I don't, 40 amps but highly unlikely um yeah brings me to another note do what you want at your own peril but you're probably better you you can probably substantially overload an mppt charge controller in my experience than you think you could like because it says don't hook up any more than 600 watts to this thing it's probably not true like i'm sure somebody thinks it is but like i used to have a 20 watt 20 amp charge controller with like 900 900 watts on the other side just because i never needed more than 20 amps to come out of it Mm -hmm. but i really wanted those 20 amps (laughs) And that, and that you, like you wrecked the charge controller then? Oh, no, it's saying? fine. I'm saying it's probably fine. Oh, like, oh, like they oh. tell you not to, but like, hmm. meh. Yeah. It's probably fine. I guess. And you. then I'm sure like we should do like a power systems podcast for like another one. Man, there is so many things that we could do shit on, but the trouble <laughs> is just that nobody, I, I don't think a lot of people care. That's true. <laughs> Poor guys holding on for like, what is this now? Like almost 30 minutes. Oh, this is an yeah, hour already. What? Yikes. Oh, shit. Reggie. Wrap it up. So to wrap it up, one side note before we wrap it up. 
<laughs> Hour in. Another side note. <laughs> Another side note. So many side notes. There's definitely something to be said about having more than one charge controller. You know what I mean? Like, I have numerous charge controllers because I run into the whole, like, cost-benefit problem. But... And you're a psychopath. If anybody had... (laughs) If anybody had (laughs) enough money, like, that they could afford to put all their panels into one charge controller, do that. Um, And definitely don't try and, like charge control or like uh, solar and power at the same time like that works for like i would say like it works in theory 80 percent of the time but in actuality it doesn't work even nearly like it it just doesn't yield the results you want because basically you have two charge controllers that are waiting to hit a certain voltage and as soon as that certain voltage is reached the one charge controller goes in from like bulk mode into absorb mode and the other controller is like, yeah, I'm still bulking full throttle. And the other charge controller is like trying to run an algorithm on how much current it's putting into this battery. But it's the battery's also getting still fed like 20 amps from a different charge controller. So limit yourself, limit yourself to one charging method at a time. Did you just text me to hurry up? Okay, good. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, if you're if you're using solar, use your solar. If you got the generator on, turn the solar off. Is basically where I'm getting at. Yes. Wait, yes. what? Say that again. If you're using solar, use your solar. Turn the generator off. Oh, yeah, yeah, If you're using your generator, use your generator. If you're running a DC to DC, turn your generator, turn your solar off because it'll throw all the algorithms out of of whack and then charge. Yeah, use one system. Yeah, like you'll be looking at your BMK, your battery monitor kit, and it'll say 86% and all your charge controllers will say fully charged and you're like, um, no. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, um, yeah, Um, because I was waiting for this to go down to like four amps and the other charge controller is supplying it four amps. So it's like yeah. fully charged. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah. So solar is definitely good. Use it for what you want, but realize its limitations. And have a backup. For the, love, for the love of God, hit 20 amps per, per, per battery. If you want to go more than two days, please. Your wallet will thank you for not buying more batteries later. Yeah. Honestly, my secondary battery in the truck is an Odyssey Deep Cycle 12 volt 110 amp hour. And uh but it's like a group 16, isn't it? Yeah. And it's like 7 years old, 8 years old. Mhm. And it was sitting in my basement for five of well, four of those years. And then I threw it in the truck. Literally have no idea what its state of charge is. I bet oh, you if we put that on a load charger. It works. It would fail horribly. Yeah, I wonder what it would do. It's probably done. It probably <laughs> doesn't even work. 
I don't use the the stuff that it's hooked up to right now. I don't use very often. But that being said, it still does run that heater. Every time we've been out, it runs that heater every night. So just hear me out. So no. it's got 110 amp hours, give or yeah. take. It's like 10 years old, seven years mm-hmm. old. It probably is closer to 10 with shelf so, life. So 10 got years it out old. out of an ambulance. Been used a, a, fa- a decent amount. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Always in a car, so that doesn't really diminish the battery. Doesn't really like no. deplete it all that much. So, like, if you were, say, that if that battery was at like 75% of its overall capacity, that would leave you where? Around like 80, 75, 80 amp hours. Mm-hmm. And then, say, a cold scenario would remove about 20 more percent so say you're around maybe like 60 55 60 Mm -hmm. amp hours and then didn't your furnace kick out one night for low voltage it did but i can't see how it how i don't think it was the truck that caused that I think it was an issue with the furnace or the connection at the furnace or something because it literally just worked the next night and it's worked every night since and I didn't change anything. But that was also the coldest night. Nope. No? Mm-mm. Interesting. Anyway, I don't know if this uh, was so much an ass episode, but I know somewhat of what I'm talking about from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same as the last episode about the furnaces so i'm not a i'm not necessarily the ass on furnaces but uh <laughs> we did that right. one so. <laughs> something yeah all right man well um any other questions off your, you want to ask before we get off i don't think so on uh solar i think we kind of handled what i was really looking for Hopefully we'll see um, see what we can make work on my rig. And if anybody has any questions about their rig, let us know. Yeah, should have said- All questions about solar, go to ty at adventurerec.ca. Or if you're more Instagram feely, you can ask Graham at adventure.rec at adventure.rec yes and youtube uh we're getting youtube going up yeah youtube's in the works we'll we'll announce that when it's up seems like a lot of work making like it seems like a lot of work (laughs) you need a whole nother email just use your email fair enough making a whole other account then whatever you want to call it yeah yeah we don't have facebook though Sounds like a you you job for the week. Fuck no. <laughs> Fucking stick with Instagram. It's owned by Facebook. It's the same thing. <laughs> potato, potato. All right. Well, thanks for, again, everybody, for joining us for ass episode number three, Solar. And we will um, catch you all in one of our next regular episodes as we discuss what we're at and where we are 
because I know I've done some changes, and I know Graham's done some changes to our rigs before we go for our next adventure. 